Welcome to the Apostles Houston podcast, and thanks for listening. As a community following Jesus in Houston, we want to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do the kinds of things Jesus did. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we invite you to join us for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. in Houston Heights. For more information, visit us online at ApostlesHouston.org. I do want to invite you to go ahead and open up to the uh, passage I just read, which was Matthew uh, 9, 35 through 38. Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 35 through 38. Uh, And as I mentioned today, uh, and Ryan mentioned at the beginning of the service, today is Missions Sunday. Uh, As we come back from the summer, as we turn the corner into a new school year, uh, just felt like it was a great opportunity for us to pause as a church community, and consider God's mission for the church, and specifically what that mission means for us here at Church of the Apostles. And so my hope for us this morning as we consider this is that we would be encouraged and freed by the Holy Spirit to live into God's mission together. And so uh, I'm excited to look at these words here in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 8. So let me just read it one more time. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And then it says, when he saw the crowds, because what he was doing was drawing huge crowds of people who were gathering around him. It says, when he looked on them, he had compassion on them. Why? Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he says to his disciples, in light of what they are witnessing, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Honestly, we could could take weeks and weeks to talk about the mission of God. The mission of God as we trace it through the the entire story of Scripture. The mission of God uh, as it's comprehensive and beautiful and powerful. That it invites us into the work that God has been doing since the creation of time itself. But I just want to kind of make two quick observations here uh, from these verses for us. And then I want to talk a little bit about how we flesh this out, how we work this out within our community here as God's called us to be a church here in the Heights, here in Houston, and how we're going to do that together. So first observation is this. I love the window this gives us into the heart of Christ. I love the fact that what we see is all the things listed out that Jesus is doing. Just kind of a little, a little synopsis. Jesus is what? He's traveling around Galilee. He's teaching. He's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and he's healing. And as I said, as he does, crowds of people are being drawn to him. And what is his heart response to the crowds as they're being drawn to him? In one word, it says compassion. His heart response is compassion. Compassion is the Christ-like response to people in pain and trouble, to those, as it says, without a shepherd, the true shepherd, Jesus himself. And so Jesus gives us lots of powerful pictures of compassion uh, all throughout the Gospels, throughout his ministry. For example, it's what motivates the Good Samaritan. 
We read that in Luke chapter 10. It's what uh, animates the heart and the actions of the father in the story of the prodigal son. These pictures, these powerful pictures of compassion help us see into the heart of God, into the heart of Christ himself. And then it's a hallmark of God's heart for people. And so compassion as a hallmark for Christ should also be a hallmark for Christ's followers. 1 John 3.17 says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? There's a direct connection between the compassion of God and our compassion towards one another. In our culture, compassion uh, is, uh, is a word that gets used fairly frequently. Uh, in our age, there's this idea of compassion as a good. And essentially, it's a, a form of, of empathy. I would settle it that way. And I think that's good, but I don't think that goes far enough, at least not for us as followers of Christ. As Christians, compassion is much, much more than a, a moral disposition of empathy. It is the deep heart response of Jesus to a sinful, suffering, and lost humanity. Compassion, in other words, is what we see playing out on the cross. God's compassion demonstrated for a sinful, suffering, lost humanity. And so our compassion is not summed up as some kind of moral good from within us. It is a response to what God has done for us in Jesus. Compassion gives birth to compassion. In other words, what we see God doing on the cross becomes manifest in our own lives and in our relationships. And so this deep heart response of Jesus takes root in us and it's born out of us, out of this genuine desire to see people come to know this life to the full, this life with Jesus, life with God through Jesus Christ. So that's the difference between what I would say is kind of a secular concept of compassion and maybe what we might call biblical or gospel compassion. And so the beautiful and powerful truth that I just want us to take away from all of that would be this, that if we are in Christ, we have the compassionate heart of Christ. This is something that if you're a follower of Jesus, you already possess as a gift of the Spirit. You have a heart of compassion. Now, whether you've tapped into that and you're expressing that and walking in the truth of that may be another matter. But I just want to encourage you, as a follower of Christ, you have Christ's heart of compassion within you. So that's the first observation. Second thing is this. Jesus clearly thinks there's more work to be done. So his work of compassion, his ministry of compassion being fleshed out here, he follows that up with this sentence and, and he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And then he says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send out workers into the harvest field. So first question I would ask is, well, what is the harvest exactly here? The harvest is plentiful, but what is the harvest? I think it goes right back to what he just said. It's all those who are without a shepherd. That is the harvest. It is the people, the lost and confused, the harassed and hurting sheep. That is the harvest. And Jesus, the true shepherd and the Lord of the harvest, says to his followers that he is sending them out into that harvest field to do what they have seen him doing with the heart that he is giving to them. 
to respond, in other words, to the lost and the hurting just as he does. To see people the way Jesus sees people. To love people the way that Jesus loves people. And so Jesus knows this is a big job, and he enlists us to help him. In John uh, chapter 20, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, uh, so I am going to send you. Now, what's interesting is the Latin word uh, for sent is a word that'll sound familiar to us and, and very appropriate for Mission Sunday. The Latin word for send is missio. Missio. It's It's where we get this idea of missions and missionary, missio, sent. We are God's followers who are sent out into the harvest. Why? Because the harvest is plentiful. And so part of being a disciple of Jesus is being a missionary. It's being a sent one who is sent to do the kinds of things that Jesus did. You are a missionary. I don't know if you've thought about yourself that way. We tend to think of missionaries as uh, people who are far off and far off places doing uh, really miraculous things and amazing things. And there are missionaries that are often far off places doing amazing and miraculous things. But this room is full of missionaries. So I, I want you to just do this. Just indulge me. I want you to all of us say at the same time, I am a missionary, okay? One, two, three. I am a missionary, all right? I want you to believe that. Because that's what God says about who you are. Missio, as I have been sent, I am sending you. And so Jesus sends us, and part of being a disciple is being a missionary. Now here at Church of the Apostles, we want to live into this calling of being missionaries. We want to understand ourselves as being sent out into the world as those who are marked by a Christ-like compassion. And as we study mission in the Bible, I believe uh, there are at least two significant components to our sentness. And I just want to talk about these. And what I want to encourage us to do is to resist the temptation that has confronted the church down through history to separate these out and instead hold these two things together. And the two things would be evangelism on the one hand and mercy on the other. Evangelism and mercy. And they go together like this. They cannot be separated. And too often we've tried to separate them. So let me just talk about each of these quickly. Evangelism is proclaiming the gospel. It's proclaiming the truth and grace about Jesus and inviting people to repent and experience life with God forever. The life that we ourselves, the compassion that we ourselves have now received. The comfort, as Paul says, we have received. We now share with others. Romans 2.4 tells us, that it is the kindness of God that leads people to this move, to this move of repentance, turning to him, and that Christians are therefore to be known by their love. And so evangelism is meeting people where they are on their spiritual journey and earning the right to speak the good news of Jesus Christ into their lives. Now, I'm really excited because we're gonna take a lot of time this fall, about seven uh, weeks or so, to look at evangelism. So we're gonna really take some time and let that be the focus of our Sunday sermons, and we're gonna be looking at that in our life groups as we work through our Bible study uh, for the fall semester, looking at Acts and the the works of evangelism in Acts. And so I'm really excited for us to do that, and we'll spend more time uh, there, uh, like I said, during the fall. But uh, the other component, evangelism and mercy, and I wanna focus a little bit more on mercy this morning. Mercy in the Bible includes things like giving to the poor, caring for the sick, the refugee, the outcast, the widow, the orphan, on and on. It's these 
actions. James talks about this. It's faith that leads us to action, to doing acts of mercy. And what the aim of these acts of mercy uh, ultimately is, is to bring God's shalom. The Holy Spirit working through God's people to bring what the Bible calls shalom. Shalom is the Hebrew word oversimplified as peace. And it doesn't just mean the absence of conflict, but it means a lot more. Shalom, you might think of, as the picture of things the way that God intends them to be. It's a restorative peace that comes to us in the presence and works towards and forwards into the future and works backwards into the past. It restores God's creation. It restores reality. It's a holistic peace that resets places and transforms people. So this is God's shalom. And so you've got these two pieces, evangelism and mercy. And if we take Jesus seriously, who he is and how he lived and what he's done for us, then we have to take this call to compassion seriously. It's a call for all of us. After all, we are missionaries sent to proclaim the good news and to demonstrate God's mercy. So, This morning, what I want to do at this point is kind of pivot and just talk about, okay, well, how do we flesh that out? If if that's the truth, if in Christ we are sent out as missionaries into a world that desperately needs him, how are we going to do that? How are we going to live as people of compassion uh, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our city, and in the world? Uh, I want to get practical and just give you um, what I'm calling three Ps of mission this morning. So the three Ps are prayer, partnership, and presence. Prayer, partnership, and presence. So the first is prayer. The first way we can participate and can uh, begin to walk in this way of compassion and mercy is through prayer. Our prayers reveal a lot about our hearts. Your prayers reveal a lot about what's going on deep within you. And the Holy Spirit works in our prayers also to transform and to shape our hearts. I've always found that when I pray for someone, uh, something happens in my heart. My heart more engages with God and with that person or with that group. And so prayer has this power uh, to kind of fan the flame of compassion within us. It makes us more and more compassionate towards those for whom we are praying. And so Two things that I want to encourage us on in this, and one is that each week our services include what we call the prayers of the people. And so it's a time where we set apart to pray for one another and for uh, the church and for the world. That's how we begin the prayers of the people every week. And so it's an opportunity for us to pray as a group corporately to pray for those around us who are in need and to pray for the proclamation of the gospel and for the ministry of compassion and mercy. And so Prayers of the people is one way we want to do that corporately. Uh, another thing that we want to do, and we're doing this this morning, on the, hopefully on the way in, did y'all get a, a prayer card, a sheet that's got uh, some of the, our mission partnerships and, and some uh, guide on how to pray? So what I want to encourage you to do, so we, we, we're like, let's, let's not mess around with a little magnet. We're not going to mess around with a little magnet. Let's go big time. Whole sheet of paper. We want you to stick this on your fridge so you cannot miss it, right? So take it, put it on a magnet. We want to encourage you, hey, just in the ebb and flow of your everyday life, Stick it on your mirror, put it somewhere where you'll see it, and just pray as the Holy Spirit guides you. Pray for these uh, mission partners and ministries as a way to participate in God's ongoing work of mercy and compassion. 
Uh, we're also going to be putting out a missions newsletter uh, periodically, which will be new for us because we want to get better at communicating things that we want to be praying for uh, as, a, as a community. And so you'll be getting a newsletter from our missions team uh, coming up. So that's the first one, prayer. The second way uh, is through partnership. So prayer and partnership. Here at Apostles, we want to partner in God's work in our neighborhood, our city, and our world by supporting the efforts of faithful gospel ministry. One significant way that we do that, in addition to prayer, is through our giving. Um, and, and again, this is a place where I, I want us to get uh, better than we have been in terms of our communication and so that we really understand, hey, when, when we give to the church, how is the church stewarding that? And how is the church using those funds uh, to these ends, towards missional ends? And so uh, one of the things I want to let you all know is as of right now, we want this to grow, but as of right now, about 10% of our budget goes to directly supporting ministry beyond our community. So this is, this, these are partnerships with other ministries. This is partnership with our diocese uh, that happens both on a local and a global level. And so 10% of everything that we uh, bring in is sent back out to do God's kingdom work. And we wanna see that percentage increase over time. But that's where we are right now. And so <clears throat> I'm gonna um, just kind of give you a sense of these partnerships. What is it that we're partnering with? What is it that we're doing? And what have we been doing uh, over the last several years? Let me just list these off. And I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go quick just for the sake of time. But encourage you to take a look at some of these ministries. They're listed on our website. Uh, so LifeHouse of Houston. If you're not familiar with LifeHouse, LifeHouse was founded in 1988 to create a safe place for young women experiencing unplanned pregnancies. Through uh, uh, two maternity homes they have here in the city, they are working to save and support young women and their unborn children. In fact, they just uh, moved a new facility, I think, right down the road in Spring Branch, which is awesome. So we've supported that ministry. Young Life in the Heights. Uh, young Life is a ministry that works to share the good news of Jesus with middle and high school students. And uh, one way we support them is they office with us. So during the week, Young Life staff who uh, minister in uh, local middle school and high schools, they office with us. We provided funds uh, for their ministry. We sponsored kids to go to camp. We've hosted Young Lives, which is their outreach to teenage uh, uh, pregnancy. Uh, we've hosted those events here on campus. We host uh, their bi-weekly Bible studies and sometimes their weekly gatherings here. Uh, so Young Life is another partner. The Riverside Project, this is a ministry started about six years ago by Amber Knowles to help support the church's response to foster care crisis and to transform the foster care system here in Houston. So those are ministry partners. And then we've also supported individuals. Uh, we've supported uh, folks like Luke Konefke, uh, who is, uh, was here at Apostles for a number of years, served faithfully, helped lead worship, ministered in our midst, um, just love Luke and, and Mary Grace and their family. And he was called to ordination, and we sent them out, and he served at a sister church in Cary at Grace Anglican, and we supported that. And now he is serving uh, as a pastor of a church uh, in West Texas. And so we blessed that, and we've supported that. Uh, we've also supported a church plant in Richmond, Texas, called The Gathering, led by our former associate, John Henson. We've also provided funds and assistance for families and individuals in need as those needs have come up. Uh, and sometimes that includes things like shelter and food and medical care. So that's just a rapid fire kind of, okay, what, what are some of the things we're kind of doing at a local level? Let me list off some things that we do on a national and global level. 
So the Carr family, many of you know uh, the Cars, Ben and Noel and their children, are missionaries in Indonesia, and they're working to provide theological training for pastors and provide prenatal care and support there, among other things. And so we support them. Uh, Nancy Page Lowenfeld, uh, who uh, was a member here and uh, moved to Oxford, England, and helps lead a discipleship ministry for women there. Stacy and Jerry Kramer, who are doing discipleship and evangelism and relief work among the unreached people groups of places like Syria, Turkey, and other areas of the Middle East and East Africa. And then we support uh, and partner with Anglican Relief and Development Fund, which works with local churches around the world to help provide funds and support for missional efforts within their own communities. I actually sit on the board of ARDF, uh, and we have different folks in our congregation who have supported that and partnered with ARDF. In fact, this summer they launched uh, a new short-term missions effort that allows church to participate in relief work around the country. And our own Shelly and Bill Sorum got to participate in one of those projects in Kentucky uh, just a few weeks ago uh, to help build at, rebuild after devastating tornadoes struck there. And so there's an opportunity. And then the other thing I would say, both on a local and global uh, level is I'm also aware there are many uh, folks within our congregation who give of their time and their, uh, their gifts and their passions to all kinds of ministries that are not even listed on my list or not necessarily directly connected to apostles, but because it's a heart passion for you, a heart cry for you, you've given faithfully and served faithfully. And so my hope is that as I've listed off those things really quickly, you see that God has been using apostles in many, many ways over the course of the years. And one of the things that we wanna do, and I'm gonna have Ashley Cadis here come up in just a few moments, but I want her to share some of the ways we wanna be a little more intentional about focusing our efforts and our stewardship in terms of these kinds of partnerships. So, so the, second, uh, the second P is partnership, the first was prayer, and then the final one is presence. Prayerful, partnered, and uh, present. Jesus didn't demonstrate his compassion from afar. It stands out to me, uh, it's hammered home in the Gospels, John 1, 14, uh, that God took on flesh and dwelt among us. That he came not to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. There is this personal, present aspect of God's compassion. And one amazing opportunity that God has given us as a church is to partner with Love Elementary. I love standing up here this morning flanked by all these backpacks that represent a tangible way we are trying to demonstrate God's compassion to this local school. And I cannot overstate uh, how significant an opportunity I think this is. And, and that's because of a few reasons. This partnership, this opportunity to be present at Love Elementary, I think is absolutely a work of the Holy Spirit. And this is why. Because in our day, the fact that there would be leadership and staff and parents in a public school in Houston that not, would not only be open to our community, uh, supporting them from a distance, but actually desiring us to be present on campus and engaging with students and families and faculty is miraculous. It is miraculous. God is opening a door for us as a church, and that door happens to be the doors of Love Elementary, which is a block to our south. And so in the past, we have done a beautiful job, and I just wanna encourage us, and I just wanna say thank you for the ways that we as a church have demonstrated God's love to this community at Love Elementary. 
through beautiful things like these backpacks and school supply drives, through Christmas gifts for teachers, through hygiene kits for kids, sponsoring teachers and staff appreciating events, all kinds of things. We held our Palm Sunday service over there and ran a, uh, an Easter egg hunt, all these things that we've done. And these efforts have had a real impact on Love Elementary, and I praise God for that. But I'm beginning to pray, I've been praying and beginning to pray that God would take us that next step by investing via presence with Love Elementary. That through things like tutoring and mentoring, participating in different activities on campus, events, service projects, uh, on down the line, that God would uh, create opportunities and move in our hearts so that we can connect and serve in personal, relational ways that just cannot happen through prayer and giving. I really believe that God is inviting us into that space. Now, I know that sounds like a lot of time and energy. I'm deeply aware that it's costly to give your presence in a completely different way than it is with money and prayer. We all have busy lives, and if we have kids at other schools in particular, there are a lot of demands on our times and time and resources. And if you're giving of your time and energy where God has called you, I praise God for that and wanna encourage you to continue to do that. I am not inviting you to pull away from something God's called you to do in order to do something else. All I would ask of our entire community is that as opportunities come up, each of us would pray and consider how God might be inviting you to be a part of what he has called us to do and be at Love Elementary that in some small way, by your presence and with your gifts and with your passions, you might be the hands and feet of Jesus on that campus. Just to pray and ask God to reveal that to you personally. I really do believe the Church of the Apostles has the opportunity to have an eternal impact on the lives of kids at that school, on the lives of families, on the lives of faculty. But it will require, I think, us taking this next step of presence on campus. Okay, to sum up, in Christ, we have the compassion, uh, uh, we have the heart of compassion. We have a heart just like Christ. In Christ, we are sent out as missionaries into the world that desperately need him. And in Christ, we can join in his mission through prayer, partnership, and presence. Thanks again for listening. We hope this resource has been helpful to you. If you have questions or are just looking for more information, you can check out our website at apostleshouston.org.